This is Wildcat Country. It's only right. The ball's in his hands. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. All the inside scoop on U of A athletics. Welcome to another edition of Wildcat Country. Eric Cohen and Shane Dale, and I don't want to play the I told you so game, Shane. So let's it's, not. It's, well, we are going to. <laughs> Arizona went 3-0 in the three basketball games that we broke down. Now, we knew the women were going to beat ASU, mm-hmm. so that's that was no surprise. The men are back on track. My panicking last week, well, I was wrong. I'll give you that. You were right. Don't panic. I was wrong. And look what happened. Well, I I really encouraged in the fact that Arizona won, won, not only beat UCLA, but did it by beating UCLA its own game, really, which is a lower scoring defensive game. I mean, um, Mick Cronin's, that's more his style of basketball. It's not like a like the slow plotting pace that Virginia and Houston run, right. but it's still a little more defensive minded. And UCLA coming into the game, I think was one of six teams in the country that was ranked in the top 20 in Ken Palm in both offense and defense. I don't think they are anymore, uh, but Arizona scored 58 points. And if you knew they were going to score 58, you'd think they would have lost by 20. Uh, so we'll, we'll digest it. We'll get into a little bit more as far as, you know, what Arizona did right and, or what UCLA did wrong, but you, Credit where it's due. You called it. I said it that the men and women were going to combine to go two and one with the men beating uh, USC, the women beating ASU up at, uh, at McHale North, and the uh, UVA losing a close game to UCLA. I was wrong. In the last minute of the game, I was a little concerned that, that I might be right, uh, but they uh, avoided that um, that scenario and uh, it was a good win. And it just shows that they are capable of beating anyone when they play their best. Shane, it was so good to be. It was my first game at McHale. In three years, I believe, since Gonzaga of 2019. Now, you that, were there last year against ASU. Yeah. yeah, I was. Well, it's interesting. I feel like you're doing it wrong, Eric, because you go to all the football games and you experience all this disappointment and pain, and you skip all the basketball games, where, which you is know, where the fun typically is. I can't help myself, Shane. I mean, the, the atmosphere was cool. I got to say, I, I mean, it was, it was a great crowd, but it wasn't the crowd of UCLA 2005 UCLA 2002, which were next level, uh, or wa- even Washington 2011 was another game that I was, I was, at the I was there for, I was there for that too. The Derek Williams block. Absolutely. Yeah, it, I, it, I won tickets to that game through a Greg Byrne Twitter challenge, by the way. Really? I no did. kidding. We'll tell I'll you, I'll tell you more about that another time. Yes. But, uh, so yeah, that was really a, uh, it was a good atmosphere and, and but it just wasn't I, maybe I'm wrong if you guys are listening and think that I'm wrong and we're at the game. Maybe you're just rem- maybe you're just kind of being wistful for your college days, and that's just how you no, remember it. Maybe you're, you're, you're putting Steve. the crowd on a on a pedestal. It's like it's like you 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 know you you see a beautiful woman and you have a, be- a, th- a vision of her in your head, and then ten years later you're like, I don't remember exactly that way. Story of my life, Shane. Yeah, that, that's that's why life. I brought it up. But you know, it, w- the one thing that was interesting to me, and then we'll get we'll get to it. A lot of the players and guys on the bench, including Tommy Lloyd, are like raising their like. You he does that a lot. Do I don't think he has to. I think he just does it. He did that last yeah, year the, too. The players, I mean, nah. fans and the fans stand up a lot, but then as soon as they make a basket, they sit down. It's like let's keep it sustained. Let's let's. I look like they I'm were. St- I mean, I, you were there. I wasn't, but it looked like they were standing most of the second half. They stand, then you sit, then you stand, then you sit. Well, the students yeah, stand okay. the whole time. I don't expect no, the, the whole students crowd. Do. To... Oh, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. 
Uh, with that said, coming up uh, in the second segment, we're lucky to talk to our friend, national champion, A.J. Bramlett, who will break down the UCLA game and Arizona's chances in the future. But first, Shane, it is time for Buy or Sell, which is presented by Ice Shaker. You are uh, drinking one. You can see that on the uh, YouTube stream. I have one behind me in my bookshelf. Uh, you, you too can have one. Go to iceshaker.com. Use promo code Wildcat Country, capital W, capital C, for $5 off. Or you can go to fanatics.com and get yourself one of these beauties uh, by just ordering it there. So it's great. These things are awesome. So uh, we are very glad for them to partner with us. All right. Number one, Shane, in buy or sell. I was wrong. There was no need to panic. Arizona is back to who they were in November. Well, you know what? I'm going to flip the tables a little bit here because I want you to answer this first because I'm I'm having a hard time understanding how you, you press the panic button last week. You buy that it's time to panic. And then you say, oh, I think they're going to sweep the the the, the Southern California schools. So you, you, were you really panicking when you believed in your heart and you were right that they were going to come back and they were going to sweep these teams and everything was going to feel good again? Uh, well, that's a good one. Uh, I was panicking based on the play that I had saw, that, that I had seen. Uh, did, was I sure that Arizona was going to be UCLA? I felt it. Yeah. But I there was concern. I mean, I, I just had a feeling. I'm like, they're not losing at home again the rest of the year, in my opinion. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I was probably, the, the panicking was probably a little over the top, considering then at the end of the show, I picked. Well, you know what, though, really is I don't think you're as big a homer as you as you like to say you are. And when you were is that confident they were going to beat USC and UCLA after they laid a complete egg against Oregon, it actually gave me hope that maybe you'd be right. And I was glad that you were. Now, look, I, I, I I'm reminded of something that our general manager at uh, ABC 15 reminded us of a lot, a lot, which was don't get too high with, too, with the highs and don't get too low with the lows. And you know, when they lost to home Washington State, that was an ugly loss. They got their butt kicked at Oregon. I didn't feel much differently about the team then. And I even mentioned it at the time. You can go back and listen to the podcast, which you should do, by the way, if you haven't already. And I and I feel the same way now. It's like they, they, they beat a great team. It, it wasn't a, a pretty performance, but they showed they could beat a very good team without be, a pretty performance. But it was kind of an ugly defensive-minded game. They made some mistakes and they still found a way to win. But I still feel the same way about this team, that they – they are capable of beating anyone in the country when they play their best. They're also capable of losing to a wash at home against a Washington state team. Whose only road win of the season is against Arizona. Those are the two teams that we're dealing with. And it depends on which one shows up in the tournament, but look, I'm really encouraged defensively. I'm more encouraged now than I was a week ago that they could make a final four run because if they could play that kind of defense, the offensive rebound that they, they allowed, notwithstanding, if they could play that kind of defense, uh, in the NCAA tournament, then absolutely they can get far and they can get to a final four. So I'm more encouraged now than it was a week ago, but overall I still have the same feeling about this team. Uh, I'm going to buy this one. Yes, I was wrong. I had people reach out to me, a few of them uh, off the air. And after you and I recorded that and they were like, really, you need to calm down. The sky is not falling. And they were right. And I was wrong. And so I will not panic. Uh, that way you're off the ledge the rest of the year. yes i'm i'm Good. off the ledge That's uh good. number two shane arizona's defense by yourself gotta buy it after what we saw yeah it, oh, it's, it's fantastic it's, it's, well it's good to know that, look there were two possibilities eric number one they're capable of playing good defense they just hadn't for whatever reason whether it was motivation or something else or number two they just don't have the guys to play defense and i think it's more the former look i think ucla look a bit flustered in that game and i think we try to take a step back as fans and try to see the big picture as far as not 
what did Arizona do right? They did a lot right, but what did UCLA do wrong? They, they missed some some shots they typ- typically make. They got out of there. They just looked they, they looked a bit almost kind of panicked at times. They, they settled yes. for a lot of mid-range jumpers, and I think Arizona's defense had a lot to do with that. But I feel like they kind of got out of their game when you have when Hawkes is out shooting, chucking threes, a thirty percent three point shooter. That's not what they want to do in the first place. So and and Singleton Shane, who's their their best three point shooter, had zero points, yeah. which was really encouraging. I did not recognize this defense. It was like a different. It was like Virginia was in yeah. Arizona's uh, uniforms. You know what I mean? Like I just yeah. I was shocked by it. Yeah, and they've got to, and they have to clean up on the offensive boards. That was their only real criticism oh, of the game. That, that plus terrible. the last yeah. minute when when they turned the ball oh. over constantly. We'll get but to that. We'll get to we'll, that. We'll get to that. Uh, but no, overall they they were great. I mean, the crowd I think had a lot to do with that. I think maybe UCLA got a little bit overconfident the same way Arizona had a couple weeks ago. I don't think it's going to be the same. The, the rematch is going to be different for sure. They're not going to. Oh yeah. Put it this way, Arizona is not going to be able to score fifty eight points at UCLA and win, but. Definitely encouraged to see the defense play that well. And it gives me hope that, yes, they can make a run of the NCAA tournament because they are capable of playing that defense when they're focused and when they want to. That will probably be a loss. Uh, UCLA is going to be out probably. for them. Now we'll see what happens. It'll be senior Vegas. day for them too. Yeah, exactly. I I hope that is potentially Arizona's next loss. How about that? And we, we I, knew that. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, by the way, very annoying that this was the last game that, that UCLA is scheduled to play in McHale Center as a member of the Pac-12. And the they're, fact they're that not, they are, they're not scheduled to play in Tucson next season. No, only only Poly Pavilion next season. Wow, that that's, is horrendous by the conference. Yeah, that's really unfortunate. That's and like we talked about, Eric. That's really the only thing I I really feel badly about with them leaving. You know, on the football side, is that really a rivalry? I mean, USC's beaten us so many times in a row. It's not really a rivalry. And then UCLA, it, it's just the the fire isn't there like it is in basketball. But Arizona UCLA is the best rivalry college basketball no, in, in, rivalry the on the West Coast yes. by far, and it has been for a long time. And you know, mm-hmm. back uh, back yeah. way back to the Lou years at least. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's a shame we're not going to experience that. And and I hope that they can find a way to keep the rivalry going, but it it doesn't seem likely. Number three, Shane, Tommy Lloyd's lineup changes and rotations the last couple of games by yourself. Got to buy as long as it's working, right? You know, it's impossible to say, would Arizona have won those games if Pella Larson had started? I don't know, but it worked. Played good off the bench. He played good. Yeah, off he the did. Bench. He did. And maybe that's just, just what's best for him. And, and he, I love the, he's got some well-timed aggression, I, I think, going for him, you know, against UCLA in the second, he and Tubelis were much more aggressive in the second half uh, and were just, you can tell Tommy Lloyd's telling Pellars, look, just put your head down and go in and take it to the hoop. If you get blocked, you get blocked. You get fouled, you get fouled, take it in and be aggressive because we need that from you. And not only in terms of putting the ball up, but then create possibly creating a shot, you know, last second pass. Uh, he's good at that as well. So he can, he can pass the ball. Well, we don't give him enough credit for that. So uh, yeah, it, there's no reason not to to stick with that. He obviously he came off the bench last season and was a good spark plug and, and he's done well so far. So we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll see how long it lasts. It, you know, it, it works as long as you keep winning. Uh, Cedric Henderson is obviously perfectly capable of being in that role, kind of like, you know, as just as, as a senior leader, uh, like Justin Kyra was last year. Um, but yeah, I, we'll stick with that. And then it, the Arizona is their rotations down to seems like seven guys right now. Yeah. And I was yeah. bummed that Vesar did not get in the game on Saturday. Yeah. I, I was looking forward to seeing him in person and I, I just was surprised that Tommy never, never considered going to him. They went small for a while, especially in the first half when, when yeah. Bala, Bala was out for a stretch and Tubelis was really the five 
for a while and, and not especially effective uh, in the first half. So instead of uh, putting Vesar in there to give him more length and size, he decided to stick with a smaller lineup. And as long as it works, it works, and we'll, we'll sing his praises. But, yeah, it's, it really seems like a seven-man rotation right now. That, that could change. You know, I'm sure Adama Ball and Henry Vesar will be sprinkled in from time to time. But uh, as long as it's working, like Casey Jacobson said, it's uh, it's an overrated thing in, in, in games, maybe underrated in practice. And uh, certainly the seven-man rotation worked for Arizona during their home sweep, so we can't complain about it. Number four, Shane, Arizona has not necessarily figured out its issues against overly aggressive teams. And we saw that in the final minutes on Saturday when UCLA cut a double-digit lead to four. It's, this might be an all-by segment. Yeah, it, absolutely. It, against UCLA, against Tennessee, against Creighton, mm-hmm. uh, and a couple others I'm sure not thinking of. They've had trouble closing. They really have. And yeah. and I, I'll, I'll cut them a little slack again, specifically against Creighton because, you know, in Maui, that, that turnaround was difficult, and Creighton's a very good team. But they do tend to make mistakes late in games that tend to leave that door open for de- uh, for other teams. You know, when when Creasa got that technical against Tennessee, it it almost turned the game on its head, and it did uh, temporarily against UCLA. There, we haven't talked about that. Arizona's up thirteen. Tubelos looks like he has a breakaway dunk, and I I couldn't tell what happened. Like he got blocked or something. He just lost the ball on the way up. Like he had yeah, a, and, that, and they hit a three, and with, you're yeah. like, oh. With yeah. four minutes left, you know, the, you know, he makes that dunk, 15-point lead, crowd's going crazy, the game's over. Instead, he misses it badly. Tiger Campbell comes down, hits a three, it's a 10-point game, and that sets set the stage for the last couple minutes. So that is a concern, yes. Were you having Illinois 2005 uh, <laughs> vibes when that happened? No, actually, I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking more about the, the games earlier this season. Now, in hindsight, yeah, yeah, it started to feel like that, but – uh, it, I give, I know we don't like to give UCLA credit for anything, but they did a great job trapping there at the end. I think those consecutive plays at late when uh, Tubelis was blocked and then uh, Larson was blocked, and there was a correct call not to call the goaltend. As much as I hated them, those were clean plays from what it looked I like. I thought there was a goaltend on the Larson one. Did you get a chance to see it back? I did. Yeah, because okay. Mikhail has the great has the great video yeah, boards, but, but, and they, but it, they slow mode it pretty but good. But the ball hit went right off the rim. It's like it, it didn't yes. even get over the cylinder. So again, I I'm I'm giving UCLA some credit. I think that you know Arizona did not handle that pressure well, no. uh, for sure. But I think UCLA is also they're one of the best defensive teams in the country, maybe one of the five best defensive teams in the country, and they weren't going to go quietly. But again, Arizona cracked made a, a late mistake. They kept that door cracked open for a very good team, and they do that in the NCAA tournament. I have a, I, I fear it's going to bite them in the butt in, in a really bad way. Number five, Shane, women's basketball. They beat ASU. We're not really surprised about that. Nothing really to, to write home about there. Yeah. Uh, buy or sell, they will have a chance, or you think as of right now, as it's playing out, Arizona will host regionals once again come March by yourself. Well, well, first of all, if Arizona beats uh, the men's team beats ASU at home, I wonder it'd be interesting to find the last time that football, men's basketball and women's Ooh. basketball went 5 and 0 against Ooh. ASU. There's well, also a chance- Blair Willis. He probably knows that. Probably. Well, there's always a chance that one or the other could meet they could meet in the in the Pac-12 tournament. But anyway, to answer your question, um now, I, I'm I'm going to buy that as well. Right as of right now, Charlie Cream, the uh, women's bracketologist at ESPN, has Arizona as a five seed, which I think is about right. If you look at their schedule, Eric, they've got a ton of opportunities ahead of them. A lot of top 25 teams, or Oregon, which was just in the top 25, got knocked out. They're going to have a lot of really good quality win opportunities, and a lot of those games are going to be at home. And they got Stanford at home. They got um, 
I'm trying to Utah and Colorado at home and they play both those teams well on the road. And, and, you know, like we talked about last week, they got completely screwed at Utah. Uh, Horrible and Colorado. Brutal. And then the Pac-12 tournament on top of that. So I think they're going to win enough games. And if, if, even if they, it's crazy because even if they go like 500 in those games, they probably have to do a little better than that. That could be enough to get them as a, as a, as a top 16 overall team, which would get them a top four seed. So I'm going to buy because I think they're going to get there. I think they're improving. I think they have enough home games to where they can make it work. I'm just going to circle that game on February 9th against Stanford. They win that. They are a top four seed. Yeah. If they don't, um, I will be on the fence. How about they, that? They'll need to win. They'll guess, need to be like UCLA. They'll need to beat uh, you know yeah. Oregon on the road, Colorado, Utah. But they'll have. It's not a make or they break necessarily. Opportunities. It's not yeah. a break or make or break with Stanford, but it would obviously be massive if they were to find a way to beat them. Yes. All right. Bonus question, Shane. I have been so annoyed the last few days on social media, especially Twitter, with these UCLA fans. You would you agree that UCLA has become the most annoying, entitled basketball fan base against Arizona? I mean, one of their writers was calling it Arizona Super Bowl. Did did he not realize how many ranked teams Arizona's beaten earlier this year? What an idiot! Well, I think it's more an LA sports fan thing in terms of entitlement. They're they're the and I, I am, and I say this with a bit of jealousy because they've won so many collective championships, in Los Angeles. Okay. But they they are the worst fan base in sports, LA sports fans mm. in general, because okay. they are the most the 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 most fair weather and the most entitled. So I think maybe UCLA that comes with the territory. But like you alluded to, I don't have a problem with their fans so much as the the people who write about the team are complete homers. So many of them are are such homers, it's ridiculous, and it's. They're they're more interested about you know sniping on social media and and writing petty stuff. Disgusting. Uh, yeah. It's gross. By, by the way, do you see Mick Cronin's comments about like and in one one statement after the game he said he's not going to make excuses for the loss, and the next one he he blames an early foul on on like de- basically like derailing the whole game. So I got an issue. He's a great coach, but I got an issue with that as well. But yeah, the the LA sports writers in general are just kind of they're they're a different breed. Let's put it that way. And they're but not the my UCLA fans, Shane. Yeah. I, I at least the ones that I was looking at, I want to find a rational fan that was like, Arizona outplayed us. We'll get him the next time. These were like, oh, Arizona Super Bowl. They're the sixth team in the Pac 12. I'm like, what are you people watching? And yeah. now you just look at the polls. Arizona's number six at UCLA dropped below them. Like, you idiots. And I, seriously, and <laughs> I don't bash people on social media. No, you don't. I don't you, I, you behave a lot better than I do on Twitter, Erica. You really... these, I, I came close to being like, are you an idiot? But yeah. I just not the way I am. Uh, I'll but, they, let... but, but you know what? They, they say that stuff to get to get under your skin because that's all no, the, after I, a loss, I, that's all they have. I really think they believe it. And that's like they, they're believe there was one guy that was like, oh, Arizona talks smack about UCLA. Nobody talks smack before the game. Where was that? There was no proof of that. Like he said, well, Kirk Reese said this, but there was no proof of that. They probably did, but yeah, no, I, well, I don't. I, 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 bottom line is, I don't care. But I, like I said, I, uh, the the people who write about UCLA and, and LA sports in general are, you know, they're a different kind of people. And I don't, and I got to go out of my way to try not to uh, see their their comments on social. But well, I do sometimes ta- anyway. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, let's talk to our friend AJ Bramlett coming up, and then one of my favorite topics in the third segment: football scheduling here on Wildcat Country. Scooby, we sent you an ice shaker. Um, they are a sponsor, uh, courtesy of our buddy Chris Gronkowski. 
Uh, you have it Bro, right there. I love my ice shaker. Fun fact, when I was, I trained with Glenn Gronkowski, everybody, when we were trained together, people thought I was, I was the other Gronk brother. So it was kind of funny. But yes, I love my ice shaker. It is very good. I use it every day. I am a, I am a veteran to the ice shaker game, by the way. What's up, Wildcat Country? Chris Krakowski here. Use coupon code WildcatCountry at iShaker.com. Shane, it's always good to have a national champion back on Wildcat Country, and it's none other than our friend AJ Bramlett joining us. AJ, glad to have you here once again. I, I, I want to start, I know this is probably not the ideal first question, but it's me asking, it's no surprise. Arizona's ranked sixth in the yeah. AP poll. To me, that seems a little high. To you, is that accurate, or is it a little much for this team? Uh, if you just look around college basketball this year, man, I think I think I, I still think we're one of the best teams in the country. And I think, you know, we've proven at any any time we could beat, you know, a top top team in the country. We've got six wins against you know quad one teams, and just the way that everyone's been this year, I think it's I think it's fine for us when we're playing at our top and playing well. I think we're definitely a top five team in the country. Now, we've had times where we've not looked like we should be, you know, ranked uh, anywhere close to that. But right now, and with the two games that we came off, you know, last week against USC and UCLA, and with what happened to everybody else in the country last weekend, you know, I think it's I think it's fine for us. I think I think we could we can own that ranking for this week. AJ, what are your top takeaways from the UCLA game? And were you surprised by not only the result by but by how low scoring the game was? Uh, I was surprised by how low, low scoring it was. I, I thought that we would win both. I said, you know, last week on, on my podcast that I thought we would go and get a sweep um, last week because we needed it. And really, the intensity, once once I saw even against USC, just the intensity in which we played defense, that's been, you know, kind of the, the barometer for this team is you can tell when we're going to win these games and, like, the ones that we've lost, I could tell pretty quickly that we're just not in that same mindset. We don't have that same – extra effort, you know, challenging shots, everybody getting out there, rebounding, crashing the glass, like playing with just a little bit of extra energy. We had both of that, you know, against USC and UCLA on Saturday. But I thought it was a statement game for us just, you know, to prove kind of to everybody that we can win without scoring 90 points a game. You know, I think we've done that a couple of times this year um, in other stages. But everyone was picking UCLA in this game, you know, when I was looking across. And still, even after the game, you know, some people were like, oh, it was UCLA had an off game and, you know, they had a bad shooting night. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, that was our defense that did that. That wasn't UCLA, you know, just mission wide open shots all night. And, uh, you know, they really, you know, did a really good job against us on the boards and kept, it's really what kept us, it kept them in the game. Um, but, you know, I thought we played a really good game. We proved that we can win a different way. That's a tournament style game that we, we won on Saturday. Agree 100%. And, and their, their defense rating in Kempom just shot up about 20 spots after that game. Let me ask you about the last minute uh, of that game because, uh, and I don't necessarily know if this is a, uh, if there's a pattern here, but struggling to put UCLA away, the turnovers in the final mm -hmm. minute. It reminded me a little bit of some of the other games they played where Arizona struggled a little bit down the stretch against Creighton and against Tennessee, where it's got maybe a little bit closer than it should have been toward the end. Is that a, a concern of yours or is that something you think is going to work itself out? Um, I think it'll work itself out, but it, I mean, a little bit, it's concerning, you know I mean? When you can't, you know, once we've been pressed a few times, we haven't handled that very well. Um, you know, I thought, you know, Kylan, 
was strong with the ball that time on the sideline. He turned it over. He had a five second count. I wasn't, you know, exactly sure what he was doing on that, but I was glad that he he was strong with the ball, and didn't turn it over, was actually doing the right play. Uh, we just had some careless passes, man. And like at the end of the game, you just have to value the basketball more than that. And guys have to want the ball, you know, come to it, not wait for passes. Um, you know, ball faked a little bit more, but those are all things that you can you can work on those in practice and, you know, make sure that the guys, you know, are a little bit more fundamental in those times. But, um, you know, they got a little bit nervous, I thought, just at the end. And, you know, that that can happen to a young team. It's still, you know, we're not a perfect team. We have, we have flaws. But, you know, I thought that we played overall just a really good game. And, you know, Azu played great. Um, you know, I thought he was very aggressive in the second half of that game, which I love to see, uh, and especially in a physical game. You know what I mean? Because in, in the past, you know, I mean, maybe those are the type of games where he, he hasn't had his best games, but this year that's kind of been different for him. So I, I was really happy to see that. Umar did great. And even Kerr, I mean, Kerr had some, you know, passes that he probably wanted back, but, um, you know, he made a lot of good pocket passes and, you know, ran the team like he needed to. And then, you know, Courtney just doing his thing. And that's the Courtney that we need every game. That's the guy who I think that that's who he is. You know, those other games aren't who he is. And he just had to get back to, you know, playing confident, really locking up on the defensive end. Because I thought his defense was way better than it was, especially against in the Oregon game where I thought it was kind of subpar. AJ, is it fair to say that Arizona will go as far as its guards take them? Because we know what's the big men are going to be great. Yeah. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, especially in a tournament, you guys know this. Like, it's guard, it's guard dictated. It's guard, how your guards play uh, usually is going to determine what kind of run you're going to make. And, you know, Pella's been playing a lot better. And I think, you know, him, you know, getting into uh, more of a groove and, you know, even coming off the bench, it just gives him more, you know, kind of uh, ownership, you know, when he comes in that he knows, you know, he's has the freedom to score and he can be a little bit more comfortable, you know, in that role. I think that was a great move by Tommy um, to do that. And, uh, you know, puts that in the starting lineup. He's, he's played really well, uh, you know, these last two games. So, um, but yeah, we're going to have to have high level guard play. We're going to have to take care of the ball. Um, we have to shoot it well, you know what I mean? And the bigs have been, you know, I I love to see it, and I've said this before. It's just it's fun for me to watch because it's two big guys just really dominating. You know, every time they go out there on the court, you don't see that very often anymore. But both of those guys and the connection that they have, they play incredible basketball the whole season. Have been really consistent. One guy I was really looking forward to seeing in person that did not get in the game on Saturday was Henry Vasar. Yeah. Were you surprised that Tommy didn't put him in a game like that? And what advice would you give to him based on what you've seen him do this year? Um, you know, that's just part of it, man. As a freshman, I mean, I played that same role. You know, I mean, I my freshman year, I was behind, you know, Joseph and, and Ben Davis. And in some games I got in, you know, played more, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Some games I didn't play at all. And so that's just kind of the trajectory that it goes. You know, what I mean, if Tommy, you know, would have put him in, you know, I'm sure he would have, you know, played his ass off because that's what he does. He plays hard. So but in that type of game, I mean, you're going to go with your top guys. We needed that win. It was a big, you know, statement win for the season. And you're going to go with your experienced guys and, and guys that are give you the best chance to win. And so, you know, Henry's just got to keep working. Like, he's, we've seen it. He's got a ton of talent. Uh, he's played really well in spots this year. And, you know, when you're young, you're just inconsistent. And so that's that's part of the game. It's part of his development. Um, but I'm sure Tommy's, you know, was uh, keeping his confidence up. He was a great teammate on the bench during the game. You know, I watched him, you know, and I, I do watch guys' body language and things on the bench when they're not playing. He was a great cheerleader for the team, and he was, you know, happy after the game. So, um, you know, he's where he needs to be, and he'll just continue to get better, I think. 
Yeah, AJ, the, uh, kind of along those lines, uh, it, it's really become a seven-man rotation for Tommy Lloyd the last couple of games, and, and only seven played against UCLA. We had Casey Jacobson on a few weeks ago, and he said that depth is really overrated in-game. Uh, in practice, it actually it's underrated because you need those guys to practice against. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's a, I mean, that's a true statement. Um, you know, a lot of teams don't go very deep into their bench, especially as you get down, you know, into the tournament and um, into the season, into conference play rotations tighten you know some guys that were playing in the beginning of the year usually don't play as much and the coach goes with his guys that he can trust the most and who he thinks is going to give him the best chance to win and I still think that you know Henry's going to be a part of that by the time we get to the end of the season uh Kylie's proven that he is he is that guy and we can trust him and count on him he's just going to continue to get better and better um as he you know gets more maturity and gets more games under his belt but you know I love it and so uh, he's proven that he can step up in big moments and make big shots. And uh, he plays great defense and takes care of the ball most of the time. And so, um, you know, that's just the way that it is. Some teams can go a little bit deeper. Our team this year, not yet. They got Washington and Washington State coming up and two games that Arizona really struggled in a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we had Matt Mielbach on last week and he he talked about those trips up to the Pacific Northwest can be kind of strange because you're kind of you're flying in one place and you're kind of driving out in the middle of nowhere. And obviously Pullman is like the definition of the middle of nowhere. In your experience, was were those games kind of tricky just because you kind of it, it kind of felt like you were just traveling into obscurity or was it did, did that come across to you at all? It was always a tough trip for us. I mean, when I was there, it was always a tough trip. Like Washington was just a beast um, for us every time. You know, when I was there, they were really good. McCullough, and, you know, the big guy, big guys, Patrick Femmerling and all those guys back in the day. So for me personally, that was always a tough trip. You know, I had to be ready to go. Um, with this year, I mean, they both played us really well. I mean, Washington could have beat us really in McHale. Uh, they had an opportunity to. They played well enough to, I think, um, you know, in, in that game. And so – it is a weird trip just because you're it's kind of disjointed. It's not like a normal, you know, trip where you're just playing, uh, you know, close to each other. You got to go up to Pullman, which is just an interesting place in general. And so, uh, you know, I think they're going to be ready to go, though. They, we have revenge, you know, on our mind. and They're not going to overlook Washington. And then, obviously, what Washington State, you know, did to us at McHale, there's got to be some get back for that. So I think we're going to be ready for that trip. All right, AJ, my last question for you. It feels like this season is a lot more wide open than than a lot of seasons. There, there doesn't seem to be like a dominant team. A lot of very good teams, obviously, but Houston just lost at home to Temple. Obviously, Arizona dropped a home game to Washington State. Uh, just about every very good team has lost a game to a, an average team, and a lot of those teams have lost at home. Does this season seem more wide open to you than than most seasons, and, and could Arizona possibly benefit from that in the tournament? Yeah, absolutely. I think I've been saying that all year long. Like I haven't seen a team that I'm really scared of for us. You know what I mean? I mean, we could beat any team. We could also probably lose to, lose to any team, you know, but that's how it is across the board. I mean, even Kansas, you know, last week looked great. Then they got destroyed at home by TCU. They, yeah. I was, you know, surprised by that. It's just almost every team has had one of those games where you're like, oh man, like I didn't expect them to lose that. And that's just part of the parody, I think, of college basketball. I think the transfer portal has a lot to do with that because, you know, there's a lot more experienced guys that can just transfer in and make differences, you know, at schools quickly. And it's not, you don't have to wait on them as much because they have experience. And we have two of those guys on our team this year. So um, I like I like the way that, you know, it's shaping up this year. Anyone can make a run. And, you know, we are one of the best teams in the country. And there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to do that too. I mean, we could take it as far as our shooting – and our guard play goes, and if we play defense the way that we know how, there's no reason why we can't make a deep run this year. 
All right, three three quick hitters for you before you go, AJ. First of all, uh, UCLA's final appearance as a Pac-12 member at McHale Center was last Saturday. If you were Dave Hickey, are you trying to make this deal so that they play a home and home every year, or, or you know they switch it up every other year? Absolutely, I think we have to keep, and I I hate that they're going. To be honest, you know, if I want to tell you like the, the tradition of it, and you know, I, I, it's it's really to me, it's it's too it's too bad for college basketball and for, especially for you know the Pac-12 and Pac-10 by, back in my day. But um, absolutely, you got to keep those rivalries going. You know, if, if people are going to change conferences, it's not going to matter if they're in the conference. I mean, obviously, you know, it means maybe a little bit more that it's a conference game and you know we're both at the top of the standings or whatever. But just the tradition of the games and the kind of the hatred that we both have for each other, and you know, we got to keep that going. I mean, that, that's what college basketball is all about. You want to see those teams, you know, match up with each other that you've seen historically, and uh, you know, they they need to figure figure out a way to make that happen. Who is the most annoying fan base that you personally deal with? Now, I know you live in New Mexico, and I was ranting to Shane earlier in the show about UCLA and their foolishness, let's say, on the social media. You might have to deal with some Lobos. Personally, who's the worst that you have to go up against? Uh, I mean, you know, the Lobos are good this year. You know, I've, I've, uh, you know. I like when the Lobos are good because the city is fun. You know, I mean, it's just like in, in Tucson, where if the if the team is doing well, the city's a lot better. That's more electric. So they're having a good uh, they're having a good season. Maybe we'll get a chance to match up with them in a tournament and see uh, see who's who's the big dog in that one. But um, you know, I think UCLA. I've been reading that a lot of that this week and pretty annoying, man. <laughs> pretty yeah, annoying. I mean, they're they're just delusion. They're like they don't they're not. They're not giving facts. It's just right. flat out lies, right? Right. That's what I mean, I've been reading it pretty much all week. It's still going on. I'm like, <laughs> that was I, I can't, I can't, I had to like, like shut Twitter down because I was getting <laughs> so frustrated. All right. Finally, on your podcast, first of all, tell us about your podcast. And then you've had some monster guests on with you lately. Yeah, no, I mean, everyone, I want everyone to listen. It's called Bear Down Ballers. I mean, you can find it on anywhere that you get your podcasts. Um, you know, I've been, I've been really, you know, lucky to have, you know, really a, a good line with the program. So I've been able to get guys on. You know, I've had Kylan on. Uh, Courtney was on earlier in the season. Um, you know, pretty much almost all the guys. I still got to get the big guys back on. Umar and Zoo should be on here pretty shortly. And, um, you know, get the coaching staff on as well. Tommy came on, you know, earlier this season as well. Um, and then, you know, just the historical guys. You know, JT hops on all the time. Uh, had Bennett on last year, Eugene. Um, you know, every pretty much everybody, man. I had Quinn Tebbs on, you know, a couple of wow. – Quinn couple, <laughs> did a great job. So, it's just, you know, for me it's something that, you know – I love Arizona basketball. It's part of my, it's part of my family. It's part of my, I have sons now. They're they're involved in it, like it's just in our blood. So you know, to be able to stay connected to the program, um, and, you know, and really feel like you know, I'm really following these guys and being a part of it, and then kind of bridging the old with the new is is also fun. So you know, I've been really enjoying doing it. And, uh, it's about a year and a half into it now, and um, trying to keep it rolling, man. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, keep it going. I mean, the, the guest list right there is just no podcast. Even ours can rival that. Are you kidding? So Bear Down Ballers, check that out. AJ, great to talk to you once again. And I'm sure we will have you on before the, the tournament. Sounds good, guys. We'll keep it rolling. 
you're looking to add value to your sports cards, you've got to check out DTSportsCards.com. They're an authorized dealer for PSA, which means you'll get great prices on your submissions if you go through them. And for just $2 a card, DT Sports Cards will take a close look at each card you submit and let you know whether it's worth grading. I just submitted some high-end hockey cards. They took a very close look, said they're good to go, and they all earned a PSA 10 grade, which tripled the value of each card. DT Sports Cards is located right here in Arizona. They provide quick, personalized service through email or direct messages. Find them online at dtsportscards.com and check them out on Instagram at dt underscore sports cards. I want to thank AJ Bramlett for joining us. Great to talk to him as always. Also want to give a shout out to our buddy Riley, who I met at Frog and Firkin on Saturday before the game. He watches oh, yes. us on YouTube and... Uh, he was a big fan of the buy or sell. So it's just cool when, you know, I've met a few of you. David was one that I met at the uh, San Diego State game and uh, some others along the way. So it's always great meeting uh, everyone. And there will be chances if you'd like to, to get an autograph of one Shane Dale. There'll be a couple of chances in February. Now, the card show uh, is, with DT Sports Cards, who is our uh, sponsor of our third segment, is yeah. not happening this Saturday. What's the story with that? Uh, yeah, the, the Knights of Columbus and Chandler, they double booked uh, for Saturday. So unfortunately, my 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 card show seller debut will have to be pushed back to February. So it'll be uh, four weeks from that Saturday, whichever week, I think it's February 25th. We'll, we'll, we'll give you more updates as, as uh, we get closer. But yeah, I'll be there. DT Sports Cards, which if you'd like to submit cards to for grading to PSA, go through them. They do a great job handling your cards, looking them over for a very small additional fee. There's the, the DT Sports Card logo behind Eric there. Uh, for $2 a card to look over your cards. I benefited from it greatly. Eric, I'm getting back this week a, a Connor McDavid and Patrick Kane uh, Young Guns, which are like the big rookie cards in hockey. They both got a PSA 10. And wow. I, wow. And, and I would not good have stuff. submitted them if, if David DT Sports Cards didn't tell me that they looked good. So he does a fantastic job. Yes, absolutely. Highly recommend him. Go check out DTSportsCards.com. If you're a card collector, make some money. Listen to David DT Sports Cards. Uh, another way to get Shane Dale's autograph is to uh, check out the Toast and Taste, the East Valley chapter Toast and Taste on Friday, February 17th at uh, the uh, Phoenix Air, uh, Airport Marriott. You can go to alumni.arizona.edu backslash events. Uh, Shane and I are emceeing this. It's with uh, special guest is Rocky LaRose. So looking forward to talking to her. And uh, it will be a great night. And we would love to, to see all of you there. So check that out. And we will give more information about that as we go along. Now, last Wednesday, after we recorded the podcast, Shane, the Arizona football schedule came out. I, I was all ready to say Arizona is making a bowl game next year. Mm -hmm. Let's let's just go over this. I, I'm just going to say, uh, without breaking it down, I'm going to give you three games in a row. You tell me the record for those three games. How about okay. that? Let's sure. sure. Okay. NAU at home at Mississippi State, UTEP at home, non-conference. I, I think 99% of people would say two and one, which kind of gives me pause because I, I'd like to go against the crowd, but two and one. Yeah, it's two and one all day for those three. Okay, next three, uh, we agree. Uh, at Stanford, uh, home against Washington at USC. One and two. If they beat Stanford, they lose the next two. I think that uh, the Washington game is going to be interesting. I know Washington's good. I think Arizona can win that game. They played home. them tough I, last year. Yeah, yeah I'm going to circle that one. I The Stanford game kind of scares me. New coach, all that. We saw what happened with Arizona in the Bay Area this year. But yeah. I'll give you that one and two. So through six games, 
Shane and I are both predicting three and three. All right. The next stretch here at Washington State, home Oregon State, home UCLA. Uh, I'll I'll be optimistic and predict a win in there. That's a brutal stretch, though. Absolutely. I mean, usually it's going to have a different quarterback, uh, so you never know. But in Oregon State's coming off a, a one of their best seasons in recent memory. Um, I'll say they'll find a win in there somewhere, but uh, it, it's zero oh, and three would not be shocking. But I'll be optimistic and say one and two. Arizona really never plays well up in Pullman. Uh, Oregon State has DJ Ui Ungalele, or I believe I got that somewhat right, uh, mm-hmm. former Clemson quarterback. Uh, they should be ranked. And UCLA going to be ranked. They got a five-star freshman quarterback coming in. I think Arizona wins at least one of those games. I think this is the key to the season, though. If you can win two out of three here, they're making a bowl game. Sure. You win one, um, we start to get – you know, right now you and I are going to say four and five going to the last three games. Let's take these individually, Shane, at Colorado with Dion. They're the mo- one of the most unpredictable teams because he's recruited so well. But are, is he going to put it together in season one? And I think the question is: Can still can Dion can he coach? You know, he it's one thing to 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 coach a non power five team. It's another thing to come co- and coach in the Pac twelve. And I know Colorado in the Pac twelve. It's not exactly the SEC. Um, but can they put it all together right away? It's going to be in Boulder. So you want me to make a prediction on this game right yeah. now? I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead and be optimistic and say that they, that there was on a wins. All right. So you're saying five and five. I'm going to say a loss at this point, no. just at this I, point in time, I'll say four and six, uh, Utah at home, uh, the following week, I actually like Arizona to win this game. I don't know what Utah is going to look like. Cam rising got hurt in the Rose bowl. I, the Arizona gave him a great game a couple of years ago. You know, I said on Twitter last week that the Arizona State game would not be for uh, a bowl game, but I actually am going to go back on that. I think Arizona is five and six going into that game against ASU. How about you? Uh, I, I I don't see it. I, I, it will be senior day. I think that's our last home game of the season, right? So there'll yep. be that there'll yep. be that emotion there. But I, I mean, Utah is still at least three or four steps ahead of Arizona as a program. I I can't pick Arizona to win that game. All right, so we're both having at five and six going into ASU. Uh, Kenny Dillingham's first year. Um, as of right now, Shane, gut feeling: is Arizona making a bowl game, or are they not? Well, it, I, I think I'm contradicting myself because I looked at the overall schedule and I was going to predict them to go five and seven. So at some point, I must have been too optimistic. Um, but you know th- that game at, in Tempe, you know, on paper, Arizona's the better team going in. It's hard to say. So. Um, you know what? For now, because no one's going to remember this in a few months anyway. Let's say they go into Tempe and they win, and they go six and six. But I reserve the right to change my mind on that. Yes, this is early. It's not even February, and the season is seven, eight, or eight months away. Yeah, I, I just have a feeling if Arizona beats Utah, as I predict, and gets that momentum going into the last game, I think they win. I think they win in Tempe. You know what's interesting about that, though, Eric? Is I'm sorry to cut you off. I, I just. A lot of times Arizona's had big upset wins before the issue game and they'll go and lay an egg in Tempe. You remember when they beat Oregon, they blew out Oregon in 2013 and then got destroyed by ASU the following week against, okay, yeah. against yeah. Utah. They it was a 2015. They beat Utah in, in, uh, in overtime or double overtime. They go to Tempe and they lose. So I don't know if there's anything to that. I get the logic, but there is a history of Arizona kind of flaming out before they play ASU. The, the worst part to me, Shane is Arizona has not won in Tempe since I believe 2011. 2011. I was yeah. there. Yep. Yeah. Same. I mean, yeah, that was the, the in, t- Tim Kish was the last coach to beat, uh, beat ASU for Arizona in, uh, in Tempe. In Tempe. 
Yep. I think Jed Fish gets it done. I think Arizona goes to a bowl game, a low-level bowl game. I mean, if they go to the Jimmy Kimmel LA, LA Bowl, if that's still a thing, or the Vegas Bowl, if that's, you know, I, that may be a little above Arizona. But the Pac-12 is going to be great. If Arizona goes 6-6 six and six next year and makes a bowl game, I would be very pleased. I'm still saying this, Shane. 2024, the way the schedule shapes up, that's Arizona's season. If if we get a, a t- chunk of players back, th- like the T-Max and Noah Fafita, mm. that is Arizona's season to make a run. I will say that. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I think the big question, Eric, is still the defense. And specifically, is is Johnny Nansen a defensive coordinator? We've seen he, he can recruit. He got a big, big uh, commit over the weekend. Le- yeah, Leviticus. Leviticus Sua. Yeah. By the way, I love they're putting all the books of the Bible together with Leviticus and, and Ephesians and Genesis and... Uh, Oh, I know I'm forgetting a couple, but, but Matt anyway. Moreno, Matt Moreno talked about him months ago, Shane. So yep. it's cool to see this. You got it. You know, uh, that's, that was the one recruit whose name I remembered all the way from back in the summer. Yeah. But I, I still think Eric, that the football, it's still like, it's like 45% recruiting and 55% coaching. So is Johnny Nansen the defensive coordinator? Is there a reason he didn't get that title before? We'll see. We'll wait and see. I, I give him a mulligan for last season. He's getting more of his guys in there now, just like I gave Jed Fish a mulligan for the first season yeah. as head coach. So we'll see. But uh, I think the offense is going to be better. The defense is a big question mark. And I think the rest of the Pac-12 collectively will have improved. And it's going to be a challenge for Arizona just to keep up with that. So will Arizona make a bowl game? Give us your thoughts uh, either on our uh, YouTube page for this one or at at Cat Country AZ on Twitter. Give us your thoughts and let us know if we're off base. Six and six is what uh, Shane and I are saying for now. Knock on wood, they make a bowl game. I will be ecstatic. I will try to be at that game. If it's not in some stupid location uh, randomly somewhere in the country, I'm not going to Shreveport like Arizona did in 2015, the, something the like that. The V100, the AdvoCare V100 Bowl? or It's the Independence Bowl, but it was yes. the Advo, yeah, the AdvoCare or something. AdvoCare, like that. V, yeah, that was a bad yeah. one. Uh, I mean, they won. But they won, uh, yeah. They beat, that was BJ Denker's year. Yeah, they whipped Boston yes, College. Right. I remember yeah. But it, uh, no no stupid location. Give us somewhere where we can travel to. I What I don't understand, and, and then my brief rant, and then we'll we'll end the program here. Go for it. Uh, why the, the Arizona Bowl, if Arizona makes a bowl game, they should make a deal to have the Wildcats in it. They'll sell that place out. Do you remember the, way back then they had the Copper Bowl in yeah. Tucson? And I, I yeah. forget, it came in the inside.com bowl, inside bowl, and they had all these other iterations. But originally it was the Copper Bowl and it was played in Tucson. And I believe if I remember right, Arizona played in that game a couple of times and they did well in those games. I believe that the conference affiliations and bowl games, once we have this new playoff in 2025 or something like that, like, just just ditch those already. You, you, the bowl game gets to pick whoever they want. Here's the list of teams, and you slot them in however it works out. You know, I'd be I, fine I'm sorry that. for yeah. the MAC and the Sun Belt teams, but it is what it is. If yeah. you're bowl eligible, the bowl game. If Tucson wants the Arizona Bowl, great. If the Wildcats want to go there, great. You know, let's see some deal making on the table. All right, that's my random rant uh, of the week. All right, Shane, bold predictions. Uh, how many games do the Wildcats win this weekend? against the Washington schools, men and women combined? Uh, women sweep at home. Uh, the men, it's so hard to say, but I feel like just because Arizona struggled so much against those t- the Washington teams, uh, the Furtman McHale, they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. Plus, I think it was kind of best case scenario because they beat UCLA, but I think they got a, a bit of a reality check at the end of that game. So I think they're going to go into the, the Washington schools with their heads clear. Matt Milbach told us that, that trip, especially to Pullman, is always kind of weird because you're out in the middle of nowhere and it kind of throws you off mentally. But I, I think 
maybe foolishly that Arizona will go on the road and win both of those games and, and come back eight and three in the Pac-12. There we go, Shane. Not foolishly. That's great picks. Okay. Uh, I think the women will sweep. I agree with that. I'm going to give you a score. I just have this. This one just stuck in my head. All right. Thursday night, late game, Arizona 77, Washington State 69. Just a hunch play. I don't know why I feel that. Whatever the line is, you guys do with that information as you please. On Saturday, I think the game against Washington on Fox going to be close, Shane. I think it's going to be scary close. But I think Arizona wins somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 to 74 with free throws at the end of the game. I'm if, giving you if, scores. If you're you right, if you're right on one or both scores, Eric, I will play this clip and I will pin it to the top of the Wildcat Country page for the rest of the season. I for that right there, that's that's all I need to hear. Uh want to thank AJ Bramlett once again for joining us. Great stuff from him. For Shane Dale, I'm Eric Cohen. Thanks for listening. And as always, bear down. Bear down.